because these things are so damn tight, they don't give me no space. Oh, yeah. Fart bubble. Is mm. it going to go up the back or up the front? Up the back. Oh. Yeah. It'll go up the back. Like your shirt wool is just like magically like just Yo, start. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, we're live. Man. Hmm. Yeah, we're okay. We're live. We're live. It's pretty... Uh, Pretty magical when you when you <laughs> when you fart into a um, <laughs> when you fart into anything I guess yeah <laughs> period <laughs> you know yeah. um what the fuck are the, I, a, a wetsuit <laughs> fart into a wetsuit <laughs> of course you did yeah, it's amazing it actually it's, yeah I did you, that in you, yours you pull the neck out and it's just shit. like whoa I don't, I don't know it really happening. seals it in somehow I don't understand well I mean if water can't get in and out yeah right. Pretty sure farts a little bit thicker bad. than water. It's a bad situation. Farts are thick. And, what, what is that saying? Something is thicker than water. Blood. Blood is thicker than water. Yes. Mm. What, a, what a good saying. Trend. Tr- I would Trend know nothing than, about that. But water it, so, thicker than blood. A real question. Uh, is trend thicker than water? Because isn't it mixed with oil to mm-hmm. get in the right? So what, water and oil don't mix. I don't know. Yeah. So but trend and oil do. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. It seemed like what's you guys trend? can continue this conversation. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna take my kratom. My Seam is on loads of stuff. So you see how jacked he was on that walk? Dude, you almost I'll just I just stare at his lats when we're walking. On purpose, I just mm-hmm. like, dude, like it doesn't make sense. Like they're just there and like they're just back and forth, back and forth. They're just, just like bouncing. Real quick, I want to let you guys know that we have an episode with Lane Norton coming out next week. Um, and Lane said something where I was like, huh, okay, so that and motivation, a lot of that makes sense. Lane said his testosterone was like 800 to 1,000. Wow. Yeah. Right? I was like, God dang, mine's like 650 to 700. I'm like, damn, like, wow. That's, uh, mm-hmm. it kind of maybe makes, because you know how Huberman always talks about like testosterone and it's linked right. to uh, effort and mm-hmm. all that. You yep. see the amount of work he puts in. So you wonder if, like, because, Andrew also said that the more work you put in, the more you're just like the more you produce. Yeah, right. So it's just an interesting thing. Either way, uh, yeah, that's all. Makes a big difference for me. <laughs> I can assume so. Uh-huh. Oh my goodness! And down the hatch. Mm. I wish I had some element. I don't have any. I don't. My, it is dirty. There's some over there. Mm, okay, let me. Uh, oh, but then you need water. I need water. No, no just, let's not do just that. raw dog it. I'll. No, 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 no. We're not going to do that here. <laughs> but I will put some chocolate element in my protein shake, so be right back. Oh, it. Uh, and BRB. now you guys are about to see something you don't want to see. No, well, uh, no, no one's going to see. Oh. Because the camera doesn't go down that far. <laughs> no. Wow. Unless you were to do a like a bit of a handstand, like if you're getting out of a out of a pool, you know, on the front of the table. No, no, no. Just saying. <laughs> I, oh, they can't see a little bit if you step. Right. Yep, right there. So guys, uh, these are the new strong shorts that are coming out for men. This is the extra large. You got to get They're a little so bit tight. closer like to the table. Pulling your butt cheeks the apart. Table. There you go, right there. Yeah, right there. You guys see that hamstring? Ish. Hamstring separation? No, anyway. too low. Your butthole's almost showing. I mean, almost. Nice. <laughs> I really can see your temperature when you're wearing those shorts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's cold. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, but um, guys, if you haven't already. We love Element Electrolytes. Yeah. We take, I take this, like, if it's a non-workout day, I take two of these. If it's a workout day, it's three to four. Um, just because I can tell, like, when I wake up, having this is different because, like, I get fully hydrated. I get all my electrolytes. It helps a lot. So. Same, same. And I do a lot of fasting. I don't eat a lot of carbohydrates. And then, you know, when I work out or people see some pictures online, they're like, how do you get such a pump? How do you <laughs> veins showing and stuff like that? 
think a lot of it has to do with staying properly hydrated. I still feel like I can get a good pump during training. And actually, I'll notice a big difference in my strength. My strength will will seem down a bit um, if I'm not hydrated and I'm not getting in uh, the proper amount of electrolytes for the day. And I'll even feel a little woozy. Mm. I'll go to do something like a deadlift and I'll be like, whoa, that wasn't good. I was a little, <laughs> I'll get like a little lightheaded. So mm-hmm. having the... Uh, the extra sodium in there from the element, uh, I think, helps quite a bit. Yep. And then yesterday with uh, hanging out with Doug Brignoli, uh, so podcasting. Well, actually, we hung out before the podcast, podcast after the podcast, filmed a bunch of content. Um, I don't know. I was just hanging out all day. Like, you know, I'm a b- big fan of Doug's, and I didn't want to miss any kind of uh, tidbits or anything that I didn't catch uh, by re- reading his book or going through some of his training programs. And um, he, at the end of the day, he was like, hey, uh, I noticed you didn't eat today. I was like, no, I've just been having electrolytes all day. And that's what got me through. Then I went home and had a big old meal. But what I'm trying to say is like, I fasted all day yesterday and didn't really feel too bad. I felt pretty good just drinking Element. And, um, I'm proud of you for fasting. Thank you. Well, it was, and so you're not normally fasting, but you're yeah, doing it lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And what it was you funny. Proud? Yeah, I am proud actually. Yeah. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. It's because I hang out with you guys. Mm-hmm. But, um, talking to Ryan, cause same thing, he was, you know, filming a lot and he's just like, yeah, dude, I'm kind of, having a cool little fast right now like how cool is it to have that like in your back pocket mm-hmm. you know it would suck if we were just so dependent on eating every couple hours but now we just like nope i'm gonna fast through it no big deal and again i like having element electrolytes when i'm fasting because it just makes it easier i don't feel like i'm without i feel pretty fantastic if i'm being honest throw some in your morning coffee the chocolate I need to shake this up a little more. <laughs> Do that. All right. Well, and Seema was shaking it up, making it Thank you. almost too loud. No, that was good. Um, for more information, or if you guys want to just pick up some element right now, head over to drinklmnt.com slash power project. Um, I think they're still doing the, the free recharge pack, but if not, uh, make sure you guys get a value bundle. You're going to get four boxes for the price of three. The uh, grapefruit salt, the watermelon salt, the citrus salt, and the orange salt are my favorite four, or my four favorites. Well, I got a little dyslexic. Um, so definitely give those a shot. And um, uh, yeah, so no code needed. Just head over to drinklmnt.com slash power project. Link down in the description, as well as the podcast show notes. Chug, chug, chug. Today we're going to be talking about having a bad relationship with food and kind of almost what you should do when you're kind of looking into uh, a nutritional intervention of some sort or just looking to get on some sort of diet. I think one thing to recognize is that um, I I think there's a a few things I'll point out right off the bat is identifying where your problem is is critical. Mm. And so understanding who you are and how you operate is important. However... I would like for people to adopt a, you know, we talk about flexible dieting, but let's have a flexible mindset Um, because I would consider the way that I eat, I would consider it flexible because sometimes I fast, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I eat carbohydrates, sometimes I don't, but I'm primarily on a carnivore style diet. But the carnivores would eat me alive if, uh, <laughs> you know, if I made a post saying I'm carnivore and I'm sitting there eating an orange, which I'll eat oranges and apples and things like that here and there. I have protein shakes. I have things that are off plan. I have dairy. I have things that are not, you know, I guess dairy could be considered to be in the carnivore wheelhouse or whatever. But anyway, um, the point is, is like, let's have a flexible mindset to the point where you can you can admit that you don't ha- currently have a great relationship with food 
and that you think that certain foods are bad or whenever you get to really restrict or you try to get in a caloric deficit to lose some weight that every single time it seems like you end up on a binge. I think that's okay to like have that outward thought, but to think that you're living there forever and that you're married to that concept, I think is, um, I think you're living under a misunderstanding. Like you may have a bad relationship with food, but why not think about it? Like that's my current situation. I currently have not developed a great mindset around food to the point where I feel like I can have good agency and good control over particular styles of diet. I think that would be a great place to start when you're thinking about uh, your relationship with food. Mm -hmm. And one thing too is like, when somebody chooses to go on, on a diet, when you go into a, a deficit of calories, that's already tough because you're, you're putting your body into a place where, okay, you are literally eating less than you, than you do in terms of activity. So your body's going to realize that. So that's one stressor. But if your relationship with food, and I, I love that we're using this phrase because uh, uh, a guy that we watch or I see quite a bit of his videos. Uh, Greg Doucette hates mm. that phrase, relationship with food. Like, mm. he doesn't oh. like it. Yeah, he's like, I kind of am I taking it out on a date? <laughs> yeah, I know. I kind of don't like it either because the I believe that a lot of people have a bad relationship to pizza and to ice cream mm. and to cookies and to candy. Uh, those things are are we're not special. Uh, we're, we're all in this together. And as Nsema is mentioning here, that if you're going to go and reduce the overall amount of calories that you're going to consume, you most likely are going to be reducing the amount of food that you're used to. There's ways to kind of get around that part. We can talk about that mm -hmm. as we move forward, but you're most likely going to be reducing the amount of energy that your body is, is used to consuming. And so therefore you're going to be fucking hungry yeah. and everyone's going to be hungry. And, not everyone's gonna be hungry but most people are gonna feel hungry and most people are going to feel like they have potential to go off the rails and have a bad relationship with food mm -hmm, absolutely and like you mentioned one of the big things you need to do first is you need to identify your problem um and one of the ways that people can identify problems is we we've talked a lot about different habits that are going to help you with maintaining a you know being in a caloric deficit but then being able to maintain it but also um habits into like as far as being on a diet and not feeling like you're on a diet, there are certain things we do that just make it easy. But one of the things that could be super beneficial isn't something that you need to do the whole time you're dieting. But like I said, this is kind of a preview into our conversation we had with Lane, which is coming up on Monday. One of the things that he mentioned was, you know, tracking calories a little bit, just so you understand what's actually going on. Because he's had uh, anecd like anecdotes of people tracking where they're like, I think I'm eating 1300 calories a day. Then they track their liquids, they track all the snacks they have, they track their salads that have the almonds and the salad dressing and the whatever in it, and they weren't actually eating 1,300 calories a day, they were eating 2,700 calories a day. We are really bad at truly gauging the amount of food that we put on our mouths, especially when we're on autopilot and we just have these habits each day. So that's going to be one good thing that's going to allow you to figure out, wow, I'm drinking a lot of these calories from juice, alcohol, etc. And I'm snacking on all these little things, but they're adding up to 800, 900 calories. You, then you can, that's, you can realize, oh, those are one of my problems. So now that you know, you're like, let me instead try to drink drinks that don't have calories. And maybe I can be more cognizant of my snacks or like us, I just really don't snack. It's rare, but I, I do have some stuff here and there. Why do I, you think that you don't snack personally? Oh, uh, well, because like, why'd you make that choice? 
a lot of my days I fast. So like through that, if I had a snack, it's going to make me hungrier. Like once I eat that snack, I now a uh, 30 minutes later, I'm like, well, why don't I just have a meal? <laughs> like I just ate this. So why yeah, not? I like you're saying you said meals at meals. I think that's really valuable, right? Like uh, when I usually eat, I eat a meal. Um, so it turns into, okay, why don't I just eat more? So food? maybe you're thinking it's not worth it. It's not worth it for me. Cause it's like what I get from that snack doesn't help me feel full. It doesn't help me feel satiated. It just gets me thinking about more food, mm. right? And if I'm going through my day, I'm not trying to think about more food at noon. I want to eat later on. Um, and also, and ease, especially like with nuts, almonds, like any type of mm. small snack, you'll mm. put a few. I like cashews. Cashews were my guilty pleasure. Oh, I love cashews. <sighs> hot, hot cashews. I've never had hot cashews. Oh, now, you, now you got oh, a yeah, boy. You heat them up. Well, just get them from like the, the peanut guy or whatever. The peanut gallery. Yeah. <laughs> it comes hot. Pause what? Yeah. No, like if, heat if, them up. Throw them in the microwave. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Or just do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like if, if I were to take a little <laughs> few cashews, I'd have a mouthful and that'll be like, mm, mm, mm. And then it would turn into it tastes like hard butter to me. They're just so delicious. Yes, <laughs> it really is like hard butter, right? Right, crunchy butter. And then like macadamia nuts, just is butter. Oh. <laughs> crunchy butter. You know yeah. what? I've never liked Fumble. macadamia nuts. I, for, I, mm-hmm. I don't know why they just taste too like. Well, every buttery. once in a while you I get love a, the texture. Every once in a while you get a macadamia nut too. That's like a little off. I don't know why that is, but like <laughs> some of them, about. bunch of them taste yeah. really good, and you get one that's like just doesn't oh. taste. So good. you got to eat like twenty more to wash that taste oh, out. Of course, yeah. but yeah, I mean these things get to be calorically dense, <sighs> so dense. Uh, before you know it, I mean even just a couple handfuls of nuts. Can I get a hey now? <laughs> <laughs> is is quite a bit of calories. Um, what I think is important, and and you're mentioning. There's, you're mentioning, uh, you know, weighing your food and measuring it out and tracking and those things. I do think that there's some value in that because you'd be surprised to know that there, there are some foods that can really be, uh, maybe more worth it to you than, you know, and Seema's talking about the snacks for him personally not being worth it. You might find that certain things are worth it to you because they have high amount of volume and low amounts of calories. Mm-hmm. An example of this would be something like egg whites. Mm. I know recently because people are talking more about the importance of consuming fat. I think that sometimes in our, we're trying to get like this message across that you shouldn't be like fat free, but at the same time, egg whites still have a tremendous value. I still utilize egg whites at least a couple times a week. Um, I, I'll, if I cook up a steak and I want to have an egg or two with it, I'll usually use a couple of egg whites and I'll use a couple of whole eggs as well. What the egg whites do for me is it allows me to use cheese, right? Now I'm, now I'm, now I'm replacing some of the calories I might get from the yolk with some of the cheese. But even if I, even if I don't do that, uh, all I'm doing is I'm augmenting the meal by adding more volume without adding a lot more calories. So if I had, um, Let's say, let's say to a meal, you added 50 calories from egg whites. Um, that's a pretty good portion size of egg whites or hundred calories worth of egg whites would be a pretty decent portion size of egg whites. That might be something that will assist you to, uh, feel more full and more satiated because you have more volume. Mm. You also could take a bunch of uh, spinach or some type of vegetable and heat that up, cook that up and have that with, uh, with an omelet or something like that. And again, that could be another thing that could help uh, fill you up with the overall amount of volume. That's one of the great things about vegetables 
is if they're not accompanied by anything, if you don't cook them in anything, uh, they are high in volume, but they're low in calories. Another thing to think about too. So picking foods that have high volume, right? Good amount of fiber, like they take up bulk. Um, we talk about protein all the time, but another part of identifying your problem is figuring out in what situations do you typically make the biggest mistakes? So that's why, like I was talking to somebody the other day and they were talking about like when they usually diet, um, that sometimes they end up binging. I'm like, okay, so what ends up happening in these situations when you binge? Like take me through the day. What, what happens? Like, well, I mean, I, I have my, uh, I'm eating, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm being in a deficit. They were talking about the protein sources they eat and they're saying like, uh, protein bars, sometimes drink whey protein, get a lot of it from bars, shakes, not a lot from food. Well, if we're able to then change our habit from getting a lot of protein from these sources and getting more protein from food and still utilizing protein shakes here, and they may be, that'll be something that allows you to be satiated by the end of the day so that you don't end up being binging. Because if you feel hungry at the end of the day, that means you're not satiated from the foods that you're eating. So that's just an example, but you need to figure out what are the things that cause me to binge? Is it stress from work and maybe I'm not prepared as far as my meal. So I don't have anything prepared. And then I just choose to go and buy something, find out what those situations are, identify those problems. Because if you haven't identified those issues or those issues where you tend to always consistently make the mistake, you're driving home and you see McDonald's and that's the place you usually go to. You haven't identified that. Then when you're in a deficit and now you're putting more stress on yourself and now you're trying to diet and you haven't dealt with, or you, you haven't even been cognizant of what these are, you're going to continue to make those mistakes through the diet. And then you're going to say the diet doesn't work. There's a few different ways you can work your way through some of these processes that we're talking about. So in the case of like driving past uh, your favorite fast food place, you could simply start to select a different route on your way home. Maybe you drive a different direction because you're mm-hmm. just like, you know what? I, the urge is too great. I just end up doing that all the time. But an even more powerful thing that will safeguard you away from making poor decisions is that you don't fucking care that McDonald's is there because you're going to you're working on reframing your mindset. You're working on understanding McDonald's isn't necessarily like for me, it's been easier for me to just put foods into certain categories and put certain things into certain categories, Um, even with certain people. it's easier sometimes for me to just say that person is kind of bad for me. Like I don't mm. like hanging out with that person. I don't like their company. I don't hate them or anything. I just, they're not good for me. And same thing with food. Sometimes with foods, it's been easier, even with something like Coke zeros and stuff. I just notice I start to drink a lot of them when I have a bunch of them in my fridge. So for me personally, it's best that I don't have them in the fridge, but even a more powerful uh, way of handling these things is to change your mindset and to understand like, it's not that bad for me to have some here and there, but I would like to work my way towards having less of them. Same thing with your morning coffee, whatever it is that's uh, troubling you, whatever it is that's bugging you. But I have found it to be more powerful to be able to be strong or have a, have a reframed mindset going into like a barbecue, a party at someone's house, um, learning necessarily, you know, learning that, the potato salad and the potato chips and some of these things for me, it's easier for me just to say those things are bad. They're bad selections. They're not part of my normal diet. Now 
I'm also going to say they can be part of my diet at any time, Mm -hmm. but it just can't be all the time. Mm -hmm. And it can't just be like whenever the hell I feel like it. Because if for me, if I do that and I go off plan whenever the hell I want, um, I'm going to make excuses on how much I want to do that, how often I want to do that. And then I'm in constant conflict and I'm building anxiety and stress and almost even some depression in a, in a way uh, about the situation that I'm in because I am trying to work towards a particular body, but I keep fucking self-sabotaging myself over and over again. And I believe that in today's world where people are talking so much very openly about anxiety, which I think is a good thing, um, I think a lot of people's anxiety comes from this very thing. A lot of self-sabotage over and over and over again and not really being in true recognition of that's where a lot of your own issues are coming from. It's coming from your own, <laughs> coming from your own, uh, you're, you're doing these things to yourself. It's not the stress of the day. It's not because somebody pissed you off. No one made you eat the fucking brownie. Mm-hmm. You ate the brownie, take ownership of it. It doesn't fall in line with your goals. No reason to beat yourself up over it, but you consumed an extra 500 calories that you didn't need. It's not conducive to what your goal is. You know, back to what I talk about all the time about interest level. You know, how interested are you? It just kind of shows if you're being honest with yourself, you're not as interested as you thought you were in getting that body that you were looking forward to working towards achieving. I have a fun question. Um, what if somebody's listening to Enzima and they they're like, okay, what what are the trigger foods? Like you just asked me, like what 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 actually is it? What if in their minds they hear that and they're just like, I'm just hungry. Like I'm just constantly hungry, and I don't necessarily have a trigger food, but at the beginning, middle, end of the day, whenever it is that it happens, they're just like, I just eat a lot because I'm just fucking hungry. Eat a lot of what though? Because people usually like when they eat a lot. It's usually not I'm eating a lot of potatoes and steak and eggs. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. It's usually I'm eating a lot of um, just like rice and some snacks. And, and then I, I use rice because it's easy to put down and maybe it's fried with something. So there's a lot of fat mm. and a lot like it's just easy to put down. Right. It's it's the it's what you're eating a lot of because what you're eating a lot of typically isn't whole food that you need to chew and digest and it's usually highly palatable really tasty something that you can eat excessive amounts of calorically dense you got to figure out what that is Mm -hmm. and we need to replace that with real food so that if you do end up in a situation where you're hungry like you said because we all get hungry when i get home at night and maybe I haven't eaten during the day. I'm super hungry. Mm -hmm. But when I stuff my face, I stuff my face with protein, maybe some carbohydrates, but I, I can't eat an insane amount of that real food, even though I'm so hungry. So I don't end up, doesn't end up messing up with what I'm trying to do with my diet. Would you Mm -hmm. agree with this? Do you feel that it's easier to be hungry than it is to like, think about your calories? That's interesting. Is it easier to be hungry than to think about all these different mathematical <sighs> equations that could lead you to like, you know, having the body that you want? Like, is it easier just to just to fast and just to deal with hunger rather than like dealing with meal prep and fucking calculations and weighing your food and being so meticulous with all these numbers? Mm. Do you have can you kind of almost say, hey, you know what? Fuck all those numbers. I'm not going to pay attention to any of that shit. I'm going to actually become partners and become buddies with some hunger. We're going to partner up. We're going to buddy up. I'm going to get used to hunger and not recognize. And when I do have hunger, I'm not always going to act on it. 
dude yes um, so, <laughs> like th- like that's that's the exact thing that happened when I started fasting when you started fasting initially it was hard because what I was used to was you get hungry in the morning you eat you get hungry three hours later you eat you get hungry and you don't eat for a period of time you're annoyed and angry so when you go and eat you eat a lot like it's always a response to hunger you're always a slave to that but when I started fasting initially it was difficult but I got better at better at feeling hunger and giving it no recognition and at some point not even caring understanding that the feeling was going to go away so now I can go through the day i can eat when i want but it's it's not always hunger isn't a bad thing for me necessarily because we all get hungry when we fast but it just goes away we can still do what we need to do we have the tools like electrolytes mm-hmm. caffeine all these other things making sure that we eat enough when we actually eat so that the next day when we fast mm-hmm. it's not difficult all these tools have made it so that yes and to answer your, your initial question um i do think it's easier being hungry than focusing on tracking all my calories like again and even being on any specific plan i mean i know that you are on a specific plan but i would also say that for somebody that hasn't had food problems in the past uh let's just say it's someone like my son like my son jake could easily use intermittent fasting and not have to think about being on any particular diet Uh, the only suggestion i might have would be to like to steer him towards eating like a good amount of protein every day but Mm -hmm. other than that it's like I don't want to say you can eat whatever you want because people take that <laughs> to mm-hmm. such an extreme level. But I think that fasting, I, I'm not going to say it solves all the problems, but it, it really seems to be really fucking useful. It's an amazing tool like that. That's why whenever we talk about it, some people are like, oh, like fasting this, fasting that. Like we don't think you, you don't have to. But once you realize how beneficial of a tool it is, it, it's like it's easy to weave into every single day and make the aspect of eating easier. Um, certain days I don't fast many days I do fast and like, I don't track any calories to maintain my physique. Uh, my performance is always good. Even when I'm fasted, because again, we have the tools necessary to perform well when fasted. Um, it just, it makes things a lot easier. And this is coming from a perspective of an individual who, yeah, I was never obese, but I did have really like, I couldn't stay lean I couldn't maintain the body I wanted to maintain without rigidly tracking calories and feeling the effects of being on a diet. When I say feeling the effects, that means that dieting was hard. It took effort. I had I had phases where I would binge and then I would like, you know, do a little bit of you know restriction for the next few days to deal with that binge, maybe a little bit more cardio. All those things. I don't do that anymore. What time do you usually eat? Uh, usually it's in the, it's usually it's in the evening. If I, seven o'clock. Yeah. If, like if it's a jujitsu night, then it'll be like when I get home, like eight or whatever. But and if it's not that typically a lot of times go the whole day, either with maybe just a protein shake or not even anything. Usually like today, I just felt like having some protein, like, cause today, like today was a day that if I ate later tonight, I'd probably want some carbs, but since I'm having some protein shakes in the day, I'm probably just gonna have fat and protein. But n- nonetheless to say, um, yeah, usually I don't eat anything during and the what day. Is that? Can you describe what that feels like? So you, you, you worked here all day. Mm-hmm. You probably got in some lifting. Happened yesterday with Doug. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was a full day. Mm-hmm. You shot a ton of content, a ton of videos. Uh, some days you're doing that on top of going to jujitsu. Mm-hmm. What does it feel like when you go home? You, I imagine you like feed your dog or walk your dog for a minute or whatever, make sure the dog's taken care of. And then you have an opportunity to take care of yourself and to feed yourself. What the fuck does that feel like? At the end of the day, when it's like it's time for Insema to eat, it feels great. It, it feels great, and the the, the one thing is, Does is it like feel better than the 
I'll use suffering, which is a <laughs> way too powerful word, but the suffering that you had to endure uh, through fasting through the day. Like it feel like to me when I get home and I have an opportunity to eat, that feeling is so strong and so powerful. I'm like, fuck yes. This is why I love fasting. Yeah. Because now I get an opportunity to like throw down with some food yeah. and I get really excited about it. And I was telling my wife yesterday, I was like, I am, I am like, I love this so much that I'm willing to fast often because this feels so fucking good to me mm. to have this opportunity to like yesterday I ate, I ate shrimp, I ate salmon, both mm. from uh, Eat Right. And then we went to Makuni and it was like, oh. it was just like four hours nonstop of just, you know, annihilating food. And it was absolutely amazing. I like that so much that it makes the fasting easy. It makes it not eating easy. It makes hunger uh, simple for me. Mm -hmm. and, and yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Cause like yesterday I'd never even, I didn't, even when Doug was in the break room eating, I wasn't thinking about food. That's the thing. Like, Guys, when we say this, remember, this wasn't like how it was for us in the beginning when we started doing it. Yeah, you know? we, were, we weren't this powerful. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were very weak. Um, I was very weak. At least I know that. Uh, but but again, it's like you do it. You make a few mistakes here and there. You adjust. You get used to it. And then again, now I enjoy food. And in the past, if I looked at what I was doing right now, I'd be like, damn, I'm really restricting myself. It may sound weird, but I don't literally don't feel restricted at all like at all i am not holding myself back from anything it doesn't feel like a diet it doesn't feel difficult i'm i'm but, pretty damn hungry right now but like you said i don't really feel restricted because when i go home i actually i put a bunch of piedmontese in the crock pot oh, and i oh, it's, i know that there. shit's gonna taste so good when i get home i also have a center cut ribeye i have a whole plan mm. <laughs> I have a center cut ribeye <laughs> sitting in the fridge and i'm gonna actually cook up like fresh when i get home and i'm gonna eat the crock pot meat it's gonna be a potty mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. for myself uh today I, I i mean even though i still did technically like intermittent intermittently fasted till uh, what i think it was like 12 yeah um but I knew I was going to eat today at some point while I was here because of yesterday I d went too long mm -hmm. and I didn't, I didn't eat enough yesterday. Um, because I tracked my weight, I woke up two pounds lighter, not saying that that's gone forever, but I did wake up pretty light today. So I'm like, yeah, today's just not a day that I'm going to fast, but even still it kind of happened, great. you know, it, it still kind of happened, but now I know like, Hey, I at least ate some eat right steak right now. And then when I get home, I'll probably eat some more, you know, some more steak or something and i'll be able to like kind of make up for some of the food that i didn't eat yesterday which means i just get to eat a bigger dinner tonight mm. so like it kind of you know i got i got some credit from yesterday <laughs> you know dude but that's so great because we've done that i've we've done that too like by by practicing fasting and being a little bit mm -hmm. rigid in the beginning i learned about wow okay so when i fast five or six days in a row i feel hollow <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. The, the best word is like huh just feeling a little bit fragile um mm -hmm. and it, it hollow sounds really really like uh, i don't want to make it sound that crazy but like it's not emotional <laughs> it, yeah, yeah yeah i just i just realized that like oh i just feel a little bit too hungry so mm -hmm. maybe instead of fasting every single day maybe there will be days where i have i had a protein shake with some coffee this morning right the, on certain days if i'm like hmm fasted two days already or three days let me have a protein shake or something in the morning or there won't, there actually aren't many mornings where I have meals, but like 
if someone wants to go out to breakfast, I'll totally be like, I'm gonna go to breakfast with mm-hmm. you. Like it, it doesn't stop me at all. And then I'll just have a normal day. But again, this is, this is the flexible, the flexible mindset that we're talking about here, because when people think about the idea of flexible dieting, it's usually like trying to fit in all these, you know, whatever foods, mm-hmm. um, but more so flexible dieting should, is more of, okay, I don't necessarily, I don't eat a crazy amount of pizza, right? Mm. I don't, but the other night a friend wanted to get some pizza at pizza press. So I was like, you know what? I've been fasting today. I'm gonna get myself a personal pizza at pizza press. And it, that I didn't look at the pizza negatively. It wasn't, it wasn't anything negative, but it's, it's something where I don't have it all the time. I can fit it in and I don't feel bad about it. The reason why it's important to not look at it negatively is because there's no reason to really beat yourself up over right. it. We know that these foods are, these foods are like part of like human life nowadays. They're, mm-hmm. they're there, you know, and there's going to be new shit that comes out that we're going to see commercials for like a Taco Bell commercial or a new fucking peanut butter cup comes uh, out. You get all excited. Peanut butter lovers. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. sit there and watch these commercials and you're like, man, what are they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those yeah. are really Wait, good. What is, is that? Not yeah, that I've tried. I, I haven't had one yet. I, I've restricted myself from it. Oh, they're, I, they're I, delicious. I just think about oh, it every God. day though. Fuck this show and fuck dieting. <laughs> well, well, so this is really cool. I, I didn't even know this feature. This must have just food. Yeah, this this feature must have just hit our channel. But like, I can actually throw up polls right here on YouTube. Nice. And so, eighty two percent of people watching right now agree that those that, people with polls. Yeah. Agree. <laughs> 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 Fucking hell. <laughs> Good one. Good one. 82% agree that <laughs> fasting is easier than tracking. 9% said no, and 9% said that they don't do either one. So I thought that was pretty cool. But what, what the hell is Pizza Press? Um, pizza Press is... The, yeah, it's, it's keeping shit to yourself. Yeah, um, it's really cool. Have you guys... I forgot. It's, there's a place just like it that probably came out beforehand. But you know those places where you can go and it's like a Chipotle Blaze pizza? Pe- like Blaze. Uh, but this is really fucking good. So nice. like you have your thing and you can pick what you want on the pizza and it came out amazing. So you can make yourself a pretty healthy pizza if you wanted to. But I put on all the fucking meat, yeah. which was great for me. Yeah, but, but it was so good. More protein. More protein. I put on every meat imaginable. You hey, mentioned. Oh, <laughs> <yeah. Uh-oh. laughs> you mentioned uh, earlier. Um, <laughs> Like knowing yourself and kind of like triggers and like there's, there's different triggers, right? There's, there's food and drink triggers, right? Like if you know that when you drink alcohol, you tend to make really poor choices with your food. Uh, If you smoke marijuana, maybe you make bad choices with your food. I mean, these are things that you're going to have to, you got to evaluate. You got to kind of clean out your closet and you got to be very honest with yourself. And I think this is the hard thing because it's hard to like outwit yourself or trick yourself. Um, but it's important again to not, you don't want to be negative about the, about these different foods. But again, for me personally, it's been easier for me to say these foods aren't for me most of the time. The backbone of my diet is going to be meat. Um, and I'm going to eat some of these other things, uh, you know, on occasion, like I'll give you an example. When I was in New Jersey, when, when I was in New York and New Jersey, I'm in New York city. Like I haven't been in New York city, like in, in over a year. And I love New York city. It's like my favorite place in the world to visit. Uh, I wanted to increase the, um, the experience. I'm there with my wife and my kids. Uh, we went out to Nobu, a really nice, um, a really, a really amazing, uh, sushi restaurant. Um, I had some sake and shit like that. It's like, 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to enjoy myself. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the stuff that I chose, even while we were eating there, was kind of protein rich. It was mainly uh, fish. But of course, there's like rice and there's uh, some sauce and some stuff like that. I, that's not going to be the time that I'm going to pick, you know, really nitpick my diet and really try to be super careful. Um, if I was still overweight, maybe I would have made a choice to uh, eat something a little healthier before I went out to eat so mm-hmm. I could control, uh, you know, just try not to overeat too much while I was out. Um, or I could have fasted the whole day going into it or something like that. But um, the, the point here is that the foods that we eat, if you are, if you are, if you have negative, a negative relationship with you eating the food, every time that you go to eat it, you're going to think I'm not doing a good job. I don't have any control. I'm not a, like you. It's so weird how critical we are of ourselves. We take that information as if we're not like a good person. Mm. We're not, I'm not doing a very good job of being a human being because I can't control the overall amount of calories that I eat every day. And that shit certainly isn't true. It And also, people think that it's so attached to their discipline. And yeah, it's a habit and it, it can be a discipline. But I heard a really good rant by Joe Rogan the other day when he was talking about him as a kid. He's like, people would come up to me and they'd be like, oh my God, you're so dedicated. I can't believe uh, the discipline that you have. He loved mixed. He loved martial arts at the time when he was young. Um, There's a couple other things. I think he enjoyed like exercise and working out and shit like that. And so people were like, you're so dedicated. You're so dedicated. You're so dedicated. He's like, my mom had a different story. My room was a mess. He's like, I never did my homework, you know, these other things. So I think a lot of people are going through their lives that way where they're, they get disciplined in some of the things that they're interested in and some of the things that they're into, but in these other areas, cause I know many people, many men and women that are amazing parents, they're amazing friends, that they're amazing, wonderful people, but they just struggle with their diet. And it's like, well, maybe you can implement some of these other disciplines that you've been able. I mean, some people are like former military or or they're a teacher or they're a police officer or some shit. And you're like, well, that Jesus Christ, like that takes a lot of discipline. So we all have it in us to be able to do it. But you got to find the diet that is going to be the most interesting to you, something that you could actually follow that incorporates some of the some at least some of the foods that you like. Yes. Yes. Now, before I go on to what I was actually going to mention, I want to ask you, for you personally, what have, when you look at the problems you had when dieting or trying to drop weight, um, what were your struggles, things that maybe you would deem triggers, and how have you developed habits that have gotten in the way of those triggers or that have completely completely annihilated them? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, from a food perspective, the, uh, it was really important for me to lean more towards savory foods, um, and higher fat, um, high protein stuff was really the ticket for me. Mm. I have gotten leaner and in better shape, uh, you know, utilizing some carbohydrates on a bodybuilding style diet, but that was after I already lost a bunch of weight and that was after I already implemented some discipline. Before that time, it would have been very difficult for me to do that, not because my body doesn't handle carbohydrates. It's because 
for me, when I'm given a little bit of carbohydrates, sometimes I start to make worse choices. It kind of like just uh, opens up the door, opens up the floodgates. Even something like rice. Uh, rice isn't really like a trigger. I'm not going to like eat rice and be like, oh, my God, I need candy. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably overeat. And something I noticed for myself, this is something else to be aware of. If I stuff myself, like stuff myself, stuff myself to where there's like no more room. That's a trigger for me as well, which doesn't make any sense because you figure you'd be like, I'm going to pop. I don't want anything mm -hmm. else. For some reason, that's like maybe I've done that many, many times over. And if I really, uh, you know, so that that can be a trigger for me to really overeat. So I got to be careful, even with the way that I eat now. If I go home and just have too big of an onslaught of food, uh, that'll be that'll be another thing that triggers me. But the main things that have been really helpful and useful to me uh, have been kind of uh, well, protein has been huge. And then also just kind of reframing my mind and reframing my brain around the way that I act. Can I act differently? Like, do I need, uh, do I need to eat these sweet foods? Do I have to have them? Or could I start to have a little bit better discipline? And could I eat? For me, I found a keto diet. I found, well, first, the first thing I found was a, was a paleo style diet and then later moved into like a keto style diet. But the paleo diet was almost keto anyway, because I just didn't eat uh, hardly any carbohydrates. But for me, I like fat and I like protein. So those were easy. Those were really, uh, those were easy routes for me to go. And I went from 330 down to like 270 and then from 270 kind of downward from there um, was just kind of a, a, a mix, a mix of diets really. I, the big thing that, you know, really kind of like stuck with me from what you said right there was the, the, the reframing of how you look at things, right? Because for me personally, when I started doing fasting and I started actually seeing the effects that it had on myself and my response to hunger, because I saw like how much hunger was no longer controlling me, that's when I started to lean deeper into that. Cause I was like, damn, like if I like, how much control can I get over this? Like how, how much, like how easy can this be for me? You know? So I kind of leaned into the difficulty of fasting and the whole thing became even easier because I changed my perspective of fasting being something that was restrictive mm -hmm. and me, uh, restricting myself from food to me controlling hunger and controlling my response to hunger and not being controlled by the by that and that made it so much easier for me because when you go into a diet right first off when you go into any diet and you already look at it being Ugh, okay, i have to mm. go on a diet because i gotta lose weight mm. if, you're, if your perspective is already that this is going to be a negative thing and you believe it's going to be negative chances are you're going to have a pretty rough time dieting. i gotta eat a bunch of foods that i don't like right right or or i have to not eat the foods that i really like mm. i think that's even worse and you, for me, man, if you tell me I can't have something, yeah, oh, you're like, you, you can't have that, man. I'm like, bet. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of reminded me of something when you said uh, how fasting has been really influential uh, on your your journey. I forgot that I, I did a lot of bulletproof coffee, too. Mm -hmm. So people can tend to get like <laughs> they tend to get like uh, all upset about certain things that you might mention that have been helpful to you for diet purposes <laughs> and when it comes to something like bulletproof coffee people will be like that still has tons of calories it's not fasting and it, it right and it's not fasting but dave asprey 
is a fucking genius and something, you know, we were talking with uh, Lane Norton today uh, about cancer and keto and fasting. Something that's really interesting about uh, a ketogenic diet is a ketogenic diet kind of mimics fasting. It mimics a lot of similar things uh, that fasting can mimic. And by only by basically waking up first thing in the morning and you have a cup of coffee with some butter and MCT oil in it, which for some people causes some crazy blowout. So be mm. care. So be careful. Um, but that is a way that some people would start their day, and then they didn't have to eat for many hours afterwards. So while there could there is a decent amount of calories in that, um, it's not too different than fasting because the amount of calories that are usually in there, if you are being you know, moderate with the amount of stuff that you're putting in there will only be a couple hundred calories. And that hopefully can get you to like two or 3 PM. And that's something that was uh, really, really useful to me. The other thing that was massively important for me was just to shoulder all the responsibility for myself. Uh, nothing makes me fat except for me, you know, and, and I, I need to figure out how do I gain control of that? And you gain control. I gain control of it through utilizing bulletproof coffee and then later on utilizing intermittent fasting. And ultimately it came down to kind of maybe three major things, I guess. Intermittent fasting, good food choices, and protein leveraging. Just, you know, eating large amounts of protein to stay satiated, um, finding foods that were high in volume and low in energy. Um, I don't really like vegetables, but there was a period of time where I was like, you know what, we should just we should just go ham on vegetables because it's just going to fill me up. So I used to I would grab like uh, handfuls of just plain spinach, which some people would be like, that's insanity. Like, why would, why would anybody do that? just to kind of pre-fill me up a little bit so I would learn to start to eat less. Um, then I got smarter about it, and I learned some other foods that taste better than just spinach. But there's a lot of foods out there that don't, pa- they don't pack a huge punch in, in terms of their calories. Um, usually the things that have a good amount of water in them are like that, like watermelon, strawberries. Um, I mean, you can look it up, look it up online. You'll find a bunch of YouTube videos, say top 20 foods that are low in uh, calories. And you could start to implement, start to utilize some of those foods to help fill you up because dieting, again, it always is going to come down to you being able to have some sort of control. As Lane Norton said, unfortunately, there's really not a way around, we're talking about weight loss, there's not really a way around being restrictive to some extent. But maybe you can personally find something that doesn't feel as restrictive uh, for you as other particular diets might feel. Absolutely. And like we mentioned, um, find something something that doesn't feel as restrictive. And I think, you know, oddly enough, when you start it, as much as you, you don't want it to feel restrictive, when you start it, it will. But there's then an aspect of kind of believing in what you're doing. Right. So fasting, um, when we, when I started fasting, you know, I first off grew up with always eating something before I worked out, always eating something before I played soccer, eating something before I did a gym session. And then even then the times when I was eating, like usually during the day all day and then eating before workouts, if there's a day that I didn't eat two hours before working out, I would always have a bad train, always, always have a bad training session. 
without fail mm-hmm. because I believed that if I didn't eat two hours before working out, it was a firm belief of mine. I wasn't yeah. going to have a good training session. So this kind of falls off into the diet because if you go into that believing that it's going to be hard and believing that fasting is tough and believing that, you know, you're not going to be able to perform during your workouts. If you have that belief, you're going to set yourself up to have continuous hardships when attempting it. But if you believe that in time, I can get used to this in time, I won't feel as bad. You can believe that about yourself. That will lead you to continue taking better actions um, and you know, that, that'll just like your mind will do things where it you will be able to perform better. You will feel better through your day. You'll take more actions positively in that direction. That's a very big thing. And in, in the podcast we had with Lane, there's a little bit of it where we talked about placebo and I'm not going to ruin it because that was really cool. But there's some really cool ideas that we talked about that, yo, your belief can truly affect your hormonal, like your, your, your legit, your hunger hormones. Your belief can affect that. Um, so it, it, that's a big deal, guys. If you're doing something and you're constantly having a bow in your head like, oh, this probably isn't going to work or this is too hard for me or this is too tough. Or if you're playing that in your head consistently and that's your belief, you're going to set yourself up to fail. I think we all have things that we aren't good at, things that we're weak at. But I want to also point out, um, I don't have any idea what it's like to be like morbidly obese. Like I did get big um, and I got too big and I kind of fell into a, a, a weird spot where I was maybe, you know, uh, you know, quote unquote addicted to food for a bit. And I, I just took it too far and I, I kind of made myself unhealthy, but I was big for powerlifting. So I don't know what it's like to be someone that's 400 pounds. And I want to have empathy towards that because I don't know what that's like. Now I do know what it's like to, uh, have some uh you know weaknesses or to um to to kind of continually screw up and to feel like you always screw up like i'll give you just an example growing up thinking i was dumb Mm. i I would you know i would say okay well this is going to happen because i'm stupid and then it would and then i would be really upset about it when i was young i would cry about it i'd be you know really hurt about it so i'm sure everyone listening right now can relate in some regard to something that they're like fuck here we go again i always do this i always act this way i always behave this way and i'm the same loser as i fucking was yesterday and you kind of get that mentality going um so i do i do know that side of it but from a food perspective I don't know what it's like to be locked in that way and to be obese and to always have that be a struggle and to feel like everyone's, you know, feel like everyone's watching you every time you eat. Or if you go to the gym, you're getting on the treadmill and you feel that everyone's like, I don't know. That must be really painful. I don't know what that feels like. And so anyone that's going to start to embark on this uh, journey I do understand how it could be really, really difficult, but in many people that we've talked to that have been in those situations, uh, Ethan Supley comes to mind. Uh, we've had a bunch of other guests that are like that as well. It comes down to the same thing that we're talking about. It still comes down to your mindset. You still have, there has to be some form of restriction that's going to go on. And I can understand how it would be much harder to even get started in the first place. Um, but once you do get started, 
all the same rules apply to you just as they apply to everybody else. And it's going to be something that you'll have to fight for. You'll have to, I kind of call it war for it. You got to war for it. You got to fight for it every day. You got to battle for it every single day. And even when you get yourself in shape, you're not like, woohoo, <laughs> I'm there. I made it. You're not perpetually in shape forever just because you got yourself in shape. You still have to work for it. And you might even find at some point that it's uh, it becomes too hard to maintain certain levels of body fat or certain body weights. We've seen people, they'll get down to like 190 pounds from three, 400 pounds. And then they, they come back up to be like 225. And they're like, I just feel way better here. They don't gain all the weight back, but they come mm -hmm. back up a bit because they're like, it was just a little, they got to be a little ridiculous. So I understand how hard it can be uh, to even get started in the first place, but hopefully you can get motivated and fired up from this show today and uh, start taking the proper steps. Yeah. One, it's two things, you know, take the proper steps. That's super important because small steps. All right. When somebody wants to, let's say you want to, Start fasting because we were talking about it. Don't go if you've never done something like this before. Don't be like I'm gonna do a 20 hour fast. <laughs> like don't don't start there. Start with maybe just not eating until noon because there's the idea of like we talked about belief. Like you mentioned, you believed you were dumb and you did something dumb that affirmed your belief that you were dumb. And, and how many people do something that's dumb? Everybody, everybody, <laughs> right? But that that like you already believed it, and, you, and then since you believed it, you did something like, yeah, I knew that I knew this is how I was. Well, if you take two, if you take big steps with your diet, right, um, and you try to go at something too hard too fast, right, it, it will. If you set set things up in ways that like they're, they're just too difficult, it's going to be kind of hard for you. So if you're like, I won't eat till noon, then you don't eat till noon, and you have your first meal, and you. Then you're like, wow, okay, that was, that was pretty easy. You had a win. Then maybe the next day or the next mm -hmm. week, okay, I won't do it until two. Okay, maybe that week doing it until two was kind of difficult, but you did it. You're like, wow, this fucking works. Mm -hmm. You set up little tiny goals incrementally and they get a little bit harder over time, but you're getting this win streak that makes the belief in what you're doing easy. But if you go too hard, too quick, too much restriction, and you set up this amazing, crazy looking goal, but you, you, you can't even make it your first day, you're automatically going to be like, or your first few days. I'm always going to be fat. Man. I'm always going to be fat. Diets don't work for me. This stuff's too hard. This stuff's too restrictive. So that's why we're just saying we're giving you these tools to try and identify these things before you put yourself into a deep deficit so that when you do that, it'll be a lot easier for you. Would you guys say that, because I, I know we're talking a lot about fasting. I mean, I think we, we talk about it almost every time we talk about um, any kind of diet uh, stuff. But um, is that step one? Like, wh what do you think? Like, maybe somebody doesn't even want a fast period, but they do know, like, shit i gotta start getting things in check um where else can somebody start instead of just uh i'm not gonna eat till 12 like i think i think there's kind of two places to start number one is with uh some form of exercise like mm -hmm. like i if if i'm gonna assist you i need you to move i need you to meet me halfway maybe you can walk to your mailbox and back i don't know like maybe mm -hmm. you can just be and the reason for that is that some sort of uh consistent exercise will at least always account for the fact that you're expending a little extra energy than what, whatever it is you currently do uh, with your lifestyle. 
because I think we can all understand how easy it is to, uh, you know, fall in love with these delicious foods that are around. Like we, mm. we're all like, yeah, I get it, man. Like fucking food's delicious. And so if, if you can walk or ride your bike or, um, or swim or just whatever that thing is, some form of exercise would be an amazing place to start. And if it's, uh, as little as 10 minutes, uh, I'll take it. That would be great. 10 minutes a day of, of something would be awesome. And then maybe you can uh, mature into doing something more some other time. The second thing would be to get used to food choices. And I think with food choices, um, I'll just give them to you now. You know, that you for protein, you have uh, just various types of meat, um, uh, various types of dairy. I would maybe exclude milk. Um, not that milk is going to do anything horrible to you, but there's just it's high in fat and carbohydrates. Um, and it just, it might be easy to overconsume. I want to point out too, that there's nothing in nature except for milk. There's nothing in nature except for milk that is high in concentration of carbohydrates and fat. There's nothing in nature that's like that. We, we've all the other foods that are like that are shit that we've made, mm. you know, nuts have like some, uh, carbohydrates, protein and fat in them, but they, uh, they have fiber in them as well. So they don't really have like sugar. Um, Anyway, so you got some uh, some dairy, you got some uh, some eggs, and then for your fat sources, um, you could eat you could eat some nuts, um, olive oil, things like that, and then carbohydrate sources, fruit and vegetables. If you stick to that, it should, especially if you're really overweight, you should actually be able to lose weight on eating large amount, amounts of those kinds of foods. All the way to the point where it was probably maybe seven or eight years ago that Jesse Burdick and I helped uh, John Gaglione uh, lose a bunch of weight. Um, he was, I think he was over 300 pounds. Uh, he's not the tallest guy in the world, so he had a lot of excess body weight on him. And uh, I, I put him on a low-carb diet. Jesse and I talked to him about it and actually went out to massachusetts to do a couple things with reebok and he met us out for dinner and he lost a bunch of weight and we're like dude like shit mm. looks like it's going great and uh he's like yeah he goes i've been a little stuck though and so we, you know we told him like hey here are the foods that you can eat it was kind of a little bit more of a keto style diet um we never said anything about amounts you know, we actually even encouraged him just to like overeat for a bit because he said he gets really hungry. And so we're like, hey, we'll just, okay, we'll overeat. So he told Jesse and I what he eats and we were like, oh, <laughs> we're like, holy shit. I mean, he was eating like 12 egg omelets and just eating like so much damn food. But even with the amount of food he was eating, he was still only eating like two or three times a day. Yeah. So he was still losing weight. He got stuck for a minute because then we had to kind of tell him like okay well the calories matters you know some to some extent so you'll have to lower them if you want to continue uh to make progress but yes yeah, start out with those start out with some movement and start out with some food choices excellent and, food choices and one, you, i was just gonna ask if have you guys seen if he's okay from that bench press? oh i didn't see anything on it i haven't heard from it either i have no idea oh hope you're okay buddy yeah weight fall on him yeah, yeah. jesus i didn't see it Fuck. Was he in a bench shirt? Yeah. Because mm. I don't know how you lose a bench other than like if you're in a bench shirt. Yeah. Yeah. That the other. Goddamn. That stuff. But one one thing I'll add on to that 
And actually, you know, I wouldn't say it's a good job that we haven't talked about this, but we kind of, oh, there was a period where we were talking about sleep every single podcast. Mm-hmm. And you know what? No, we're going to bring that back because it's super important. Yeah. Okay. Because, you know, if you, if you're doing all these things, right. But then you're getting four hours of sleep a night. Um, when I'm not trying to give you guys anxiety about this, but like your ghrelin will shoot up your, your leptin, which makes you feel full. You won't produce as much of that. So you'll be able to eat more food. It'll be harder to stick. You're going to have worse cravings. Your performance in the gym will go down. You won't be able to move as much load and you won't recover as well. Um, hormones won't be ideal like everything kind of goes out of whack when you're underslept so that's one thing along with all of this that you want to make sure that's i think that that might be one of the easiest things for most people to fix some people have some issues in sleep where like okay maybe you might need to get you know a sleep test done or something Mm -hmm. but most people if you can if you can just make sure you go to sleep at the same time each night and have some good habits as far as sleep hygiene that can make a lot of this stuff really easy when you really start doing it. So before you worry about taking sleep supplements or anything like that, try to just focus on increasing the amount of sleep you get and getting good quality sleep each night. It's been helpful to me uh, in terms of uh, cravings to you know make sure I get proper amounts of rest. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to that, something else that's helped me uh, – protect myself against like binging or protect myself against I mentioned earlier like if I really overeat a lot that kind of triggers a little bit of binging behavior but protein shakes have helped a ton oh yeah and protein shakes you know so a lot of times they're not really like super like filling but you can make them that way if it depending on how thick you make the shake and things like that um but for me it's like the flavor you know I like eating dinner and then I like ending my night with a steak shake and it's just like I just get a different flavor than what I'm normally getting throughout the day. You know, mm-hmm. Throughout the day, I don't eat anything, and then I, I'm having uh, you know, meat or eggs, something like that, to break my fast, and I'll usually eat twice. Um, and it's just like protein-rich stuff that has some fat in it, but there's nothing sweet in there. And so ending my night every night with a protein shake uh, always feels really good. I think that's it, right? I think we I think we're, that's that's actually, we smashed that. Yeah, we smashed it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm smashing these shorts. You know, I uh, for I think you're getting smashed in, like you know, like they're they're, they're mushy. This is like Madden. Like it's like <laughs> there's so much air in like my throw, hamstrings. I thought you were throw your <laughs> karate kick at me or something. <laughs> So they're like, uh, yeah, like they're like MMA shorts. Oh, no. We're going to get a little oh, yeah. <laughs> testicle will fall out. <laughs> uh, it's cold, guys. Sorry. Something's going to pop out of there. I hope. <laughs> Fingers are crossed. <laughs> Fingers are so crossed right now. Oh, man. All right, Andrew, you want to take us on out of here, buddy? <laughs> sure thing. Thank you, everybody, for checking out the uh, live stream today. Uh, thank you, everybody, that's been voting on the, the the polls that we're putting out there. That's pretty cool. I didn't even know you could do that on YouTube. But you can. Yeah. So we'll keep it interactive. Uh, thank you to Element Electrolytes for sponsoring today's episode. Again, head over to drinklmnt.com slash powerproject. Uh, links to them down in the description as well as the podcast show notes. Follow the podcast at Mark Bell's Power Project on Instagram at MB Power Project on TikTok and Twitter. We're on LinkedIn, Facebook, and of course right here on YouTube. Please hit the like button if you guys dug today's episode and uh, hit subscribe and ring that bell notification because we're going live all the damn time. My Instagram and Twitter is at I am Andrew Z and Seema, where you at? We should do a poll on YouTube. Shouldn't Seema?
continue rocking uh-huh. these shorts. Like those are like your podcasting these shorts. These are the podcast YouTube. I haven't seen my yinning on TikTok and Twitter. And you could win them if you keep voting? Win the you win these specific shorts unwashed. Put them straight into a zip bag that'll keep all the air in. You can take it, sniff it, do what you want. Wow. Am I eligible for this contest? I'll handle the shipping. <laughs> Ship it right to yourself. <laughs> I'm at Mark Smelly Bell. Strength is never a weakness. Weakness is never a strength. Catch you guys later.